You're listening to Freethinker Radio on 90.1 KPFT Houston. Your home for uncensored news and underground music since 2011. I've got a little bit of a uh, news blast here, Micah, with some digital ID headlines, but feel free to jump in uh, anywhere. I'd love to get your, your thoughts on this. We'll start with the U.S. We're going to look at Asia and then Iran and then Australia. So very different parts of the world, but all sort of similarly you know, promoting di- similar schemes. So buckle up, guys. First one let's dive into is in the United States. You guys might remember that Florida was one of maybe the only states or at least one of the first states that actually passed or you know initiated a ban on the so-called vaccine passports. Now that ban is going to be heard in a federal appeals court. This is being reported in Miami News. It says Governor Ron DeSantis and other Republicans took aim at so-called vaccine passports as they pushed to end COVID-19 restrictions. But Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings has other ideas. After the cruise industry had been sidelined by the pandemic, that Miami-based company wants to require passengers or wanted to require passengers to show documentation that they had been vaccinated against COVID. Norwegian uh, Cruise Lines filed a federal lawsuit last year challenging the state law banning vaccine passports. U.S. District Judge Kathleen Williams agreed with the company's arguments that the ban violated the First Amendment. And I don't know how it violates the First Amendment rights of a company, but that's where we're at. And what is known as the Dormant Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution and issued a preliminary injunction that applied only to Norwegian lines. And she wrote in August that the law was, quote, a content-based restriction on speech as it targeted documentation but allowed businesses to request other information from customers about issues such as vaccinations. So some like legalese going on there. But here we are today. The state took the case to the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals and a panel of uh, courts will hear the arguments Wednesday in Miami. So this article I'm reading here might even be a day uh, a day or two old. I don't know if we got any any uh, um, final statements, but it says in a brief filed the Atl- at the Atlanta-based court, DeSantis administration attorneys wrote that the vaccine passport law was a, quote, economic regulation that does not implicate the First Amendment. The brief that they wrote said, quote, the law simply prohibits businesses from conditioning service on customers providing documentation certifying COVID vaccination. Norwegian may still request that documentation from its customers. Its customers may voluntarily provide it, excuse me, provide it, and both parties are free to discuss the topic. What Norwegian may not do is deny service to customers who fail to provide that documentation. So that's kind of their argument there. And we'll see how it does going forward. But that's just one development that, for one, again, just because the conversation around COVID is seeming to be out the window or you're not really hearing so much about vaccine passports at the moment, you know, don't assume that these things are, are over, that these, yeah, that this, this is over by any means. So that was one, but bigger and I think more, maybe a little bit more uh, in your face is what's going on in Asia. I don't know why this is happening, particularly at this moment in Asia, but this is what it's appearing to be. This one first is from Vietnam Net. More than 14 million people received COVID-19 vaccine passports. This is like just happening. Uh, A Ministry of Health announced that it has issued more than 14 million COVID-19 vaccine passports to the general public a month from its official rollout on April 15th, which is when these vaccine passports started to roll out on this digital ID system. And for those who are watching online, you can see this, it's a phone with a QR code and it's in Vietnamese and it's the Vietnamese, it's called PC COVID-19. It's a digital app or digital health. And the vaccine passports have 11 health, 11 fields of information, including name, date of birth, nationality, 
the targeted diseases, the doses of vaccines received, the dates of vaccination, the lot number of the vaccine batch, the type of vaccine, vaccine product received, the manufacturer, and a code for certification. And this data has been encoded into a QR code, which will expire after 12 months. And following that, they will be notified and a new QR code uh, will need to be created. And so, um, yeah, so they're just talking about how this is being rolled out now. And they're claiming that they've got 14 million people to join in the last month in Vietnam. So that's that's happening, right? And then I started to look more into this because why Vietnam, right? And then I found this other one, uh, Micah, from Channel News Asia, which is obviously news based around most of Asia, Southeast Asia. And so the ASEAN, A-S-E-A-N, for those who are unfamiliar, this, this organization, I can't remember what it stands for off the top of my head. I don't think it has uh, it listed here, but it's basically, you know, the Asia, Asian nations, like they're one of their sort of organization, organizing uh, parties, like sort of like NATO or something like that. I don't think it's military based specifically, but they all agreed to work towards mutual recognition of COVID-19 vaccine certificates to facilitate smooth travel. This is health ministers and officials from these member states on May 15th agreed to work towards a mutual agreement of COVID-19 vaccine certificates. This was made uh, by different uh different member nations at the 15th asian health ministers meeting in bali indonesia so yeah this is just and all the nations involved let me see if they have the full list here uh it includes that acronym stands for the association of southeast asian nations that's what i thought it was perfect thank you micah so yeah so the a big chunk of the nation do you have a list of the one the nation that's what i'm reaching for uh member states maybe but yeah so i mean that's it and i have another one one more just while you're looking for that micah this is related to the same thing and this is from actually from a travel website which i thought was interesting but this travel website called travel off path it makes note just today 10 countries in asia plan on introducing a vaccine passport for travel and they kind of go through, you know, what's going on. And they talk about Thailand, Vietnam, uh, different regional areas and how this it, they even say this is kind of interesting. They're like implementing a mandatory vaccine passports would most certainly add to the woes of both unvaccinated and restriction wary vaccinated travelers while making the dream of a full Southeast Asian reopening unattainable. And so they're basically saying, like, it's not there's not going to be a full opening because it's going to be all these different countries requiring vaccine passports of different sorts. And as this section here says, vaccine certificates are becoming the norm in Southeast Asia. So far, Asian officials have not yet established how their system for mutually recognizing each other's vaccines or their health passports will be put in place. But the, as I just noted a moment ago, they all agree they're working towards that goal. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Some of the bigger nations in ASEAN include Indonesia with a population of 274 million, Thailand, 70 million, uh, Singapore, uh, you know, an economic powerhouse there, the Philippines, the 110.5 million, Vietnam, as you mentioned, uh, Myanmar, Brunei, Cambodia, Laos. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's a pretty 10 nation, big block. They're um, not they're people. not some small, you know, in, you know, insignificant nations. They they do 673 have million people in total, uh, more than twice the U.S. in terms of population, all those people. And wow. their GDP is uh, 10, 10 billion. Yeah. Well, let's continue the conversation. So we're talking about vaccine passports. They're trying to ban them in Florida. Now they're dozens of nations across Asia agreeing to roll them out. And what I've been saying, I think we've been all saying on the show since the very beginning Way back, if you remember back in spring 2020, 
when the World Economic Forum was the first organization to put out a video discussing how these things that we've never heard of called vaccine passports could be the key to returning back to normal. And we've been warning that the vaccine passports in a big way are just kind of a gateway towards a digital ID, which you can go back a decade ago and films like From Freedom to Fascism were warning about this sort of digital ID, everything interconnected uh, control grid. And so I just wrote an article this past week that I'd encourage you to check out. I'm just going to read a couple of headlines from it. It's called Exposing the Digital ID is a Human Rights Scam. You can find it at The Last American Vagabond. Of course, it'll be listed in our show notes at thehoustonfreethinkers.com as well. And what I do in this this piece here, the, the kind of focus is to introduce people to this idea that, well, for one, I've been noticing, as maybe you have, Micah, and other people out there might have just seen that this idea is being seeded into our minds that people who are the so-called unbanked, the, you know, these poor, you know, Indian villagers or Mexican villagers or villagers in Thailand or Southeast Asia who don't have bank accounts and don't have IDs that, you know, they're being left behind by the digital divide. And the answer to this is we need to make sure that they have some form of legal identity. In most cases, they're promoting a digital identity and they're also promoting that of being on a blockchain. And then that, you know, can help them get digital birth certificates and basically this idea which i think is an assumption we need to fundamentally question that oh you've got government documents now you're a real person now you're a legal person now we can count you and you you know this and that but they're trying to sell it in this way of it being a human right that this is something people should fight for you know you're a real person you deserve digital id and so in this article i kind of look at the root of some of that messaging and it goes back to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and the 2030 Agenda, aka Agenda 2030, which are a collection of 17 interlinked objectives adopted by the United Nations in 2015, which they claim is about ending poverty and protecting the planet. But um, as I think many, many people are starting to suspect is, is about something else, or at the very least is about usurping national sovereignty in order you know, to push in uh, United Nations and World Health Organization and other supranational bodies to give them power. And so one of the sustainable development goals of the United Nations is number 16, which is about talking about peace, justice, and strong institution. And part of that goal is, quote, by 2030, provide legal identity for all people, including birth registration. And of course, they use lots of buzzwords and flowery language to make it sound like it's, you know, it's going to be the best thing ever, but I think we should question that. And that's where this idea that digital identity is a human right. It's really coming from the pushing of these sustainable development goals and that we need these, these goals in place in order to, you know, create a better world, fight climate change, etc. And so I talk about how this world uh, plays very much into the hands of people like the World Economic Forum pushing for the Great Reset and pushing for a world that is totally digital, digital currency, digital identity, things that they can track. And I go through here as well, giving examples that there are some organizations who have been pushing back, including the Center for Human Rights and Global Justice, which wrote a piece called Everyone Counts, ensuring that human rights of all are respected in digital ID systems. And then there was even others that were a little bit more uh, bold. There was an organization I found called Privacy International that directly said the sustainable development goals, identity and privacy, does their implementation risk human rights and talks about the danger of these kind of identity schemes. And then I get into the World Economic Forum, United Nations and the World Bank and how the World Bank is trying to fund these kind of projects, including where I live in Mexico, $225 million loan given to um, one of the Mexico cities to try to implement these sort of digital ID schemes. Then you got the ID 2020 project with um, Microsoft and Gavi, the Global Vaccine Alliance, which is funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation. 
So you got everyone from the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, the World Bank, the Gates Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, all pushing towards this kind of meme of digital ID is a human right, digital ID is necessary. And I go further into the article and kind of looking how I think this is sort of, you know, another layer of digital colonialism, if you, you will, colonization. Did you say that they were getting them to borrow the money for their own papers, please? Like, to, to you were saying that in Mexico that they were the um, the people advancing these ideas and the World Bank and such was trying to get the people's government, the people's you know representatives to borrow money from them to put these shackles on them. I mean, to to absolutely, yeah, that's and, to pay and for their own. <laughs> let me give you let me give you one or two quick examples, Micah. We're running low on time here, and I know I want to hear your thoughts on this. I'll just read it. We don't even have to show it on the screen. Look, in relation to what we're talking about digital IDs, all this stuff, and relation to the inflation and to the prices, people being you know difficult. There's been soaring bread prices in Iran. Uh, there's a lot of causes we could talk about it. Uh, people claiming provocateurs, but the point is the people are cannot get their bread. Costs are going up. Protests are being triggered. Riots are being triggered in some cases. And but this is what I wanted to share. The government plans to offer this, according to Reuters. The government plans to offer digital coupons in the next couple of months for limited amounts of bread at subsidied prices. The rest will be offered at market rates. Other food items will be added later. And of course, to get that digital coupon, you have to have a digital ID, which is part of a new system that Iran's been uh, rolling out. Uh, in addition to that, all, I will mention again, I was talking about Australia. Uh, what is it? Uh, New South Wales and Australia announced that they're going to do a digital ID system, uh, excuse me, a digital birth certificate program as part of a digital ID push. That was also something I talked about in my article, how a lot of these programs are talking about. We need to get kids to have digital birth certificates uh, right from birth. And then MasterCard announces now they're going to have a new form of biometric payment system. So you don't even have to bring your card anymore. They're going to keep a record of your face if you decide to go this route. And when you're walking out of the store, you just smile at the camera and it will um, go ahead and deduct payments from, you know, from your account. So those things are already now like on the table from uh, Microsoft, excuse me, from MasterCard. And as I was mentioning, there's these things going on in Australia. This stuff is out there. It's happening. I mean, this is very much a part of our world now and it's happening, I think, a lot quicker than many people realize. MasterCard introduces controversial biometric payments that requires a face scan. New South Wales begins digital birth certificate program as part of digital ID push. Iran introducing digital coupons for digital IDs for, for bread rations. I mean, this is a scary place that things are headed. I think this is why it's so important to me to, I don't know what I can do other than sound the alarm or try to have the conversation. I don't, so I'm not sitting here claiming to have the perfect solution or want to tell anybody what to do or what, but these people are preparing for this. I had another clip. We don't have much time to play it. Maybe we'll play it next week. The head of the Bank of International Settlements, which is the central bank of central banks, saying that, you know, they the reason they want to support digital currencies is because it gives them the ability to control. He complains that with a hundred dollar bill, you can't track that with a thousand peso bill. You can't track that. But with central bank digital currency, you can track that. You can control that. So that's my digital ID rant, Micah. What do you think about it? I mean, you know about this. We've been talking about this yep. for years. Like I said, freedom to fascism. You talk about things happening faster. That means the consequences of them are going to happen faster. So that's the thing I would start to really consider seriously. What are the consequences for you as an individual, for society, et cetera, et cetera, for different levels of life for these things, you know? And what are the consequences of, you know, 
being excluded of not being able to buy or sell without their uh you know mark without their passport without their thumbprint on you from birth i don't know i think it's uh you know a, a curious thing everybody's going to make up their own decision some people will be taking their children up to that right away you know and saying yes this is what's best you know and they'll they'll be able to keep all kinds of information on them all through their life and you know it's kind of like the uh it's like the human capital in a way you know there's a lot of information that'll be gained from people just being on such a system um uh, i think you know obviously yeah. we, we need to spend more time on this uh but yeah i think the thing to think about is if you're concerned about this what are the consequences of it and what does that mean and what do you gotta what do you gotta do to deal with those consequences no matter where you sit on this issue um but yeah i yeah I, I think considering the consequences is important as well as just everybody thinking about how you're going to, everybody's going to make a different decision about how we interface with different types of technology as we're moving quickly into this world. And everybody's got to decide, you know, do you want to be the kind of person that scans your face so you can go through the store and walk right out? Some people have already opted to scan their face to open the phone or as, you know, to open their house or whatever, right? Everybody's going to choose a different path, but, um, we hope at least you will consider these things and think about this. I encourage you to go to the HoustonFreeThinkers.com and look at those sources. Every news article we've covered today will be there, but everything we just covered in that little digital ID section, go look it up and don't trust my word for it. Check out my ID, my article about the digital ID being a human right uh, scam and just checking that out and see what you think for yourself. That's what all we're trying to do is present information to all of our listeners, the Conscious Resistance and on KPFT and say, think for yourself, make up your own mind. And uh, let's find a way through all this. Since 2012, the Conscious Resistance Network has been an independent media organization focused on empowering individuals through education, philosophy, health, and community organizing. We work to create a world where corporate and state power do not rule over the lives of free human beings. Our motto is leading by example and helping others in their pursuit of freedom. Visit theconsciousresistance.com to find our articles, documentaries, interviews, podcasts, books, and more. Remember, you are powerful, you are beautiful, and you are free.